Is it Wednesday again already? It's Wednesday! This is Amy. And Lexi. And this is Confessions of Retail. All the tea. Welcome Welcome back back to the the shit show. show. recording episode 38 of your podcast with your friend the other day the other day (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness hey guys (laughs) how we doing (laughs) (laughs) episode 38 i really really hope that at least half of our fans watch letter kenny because there are so many hidden letter kenny references in our podcast that you just you have to be a true fan to actually pick up on them (laughs) (laughs) like i think we've been making letter kenny references since the get honestly (laughs) almost yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely season two for season two season one it was kevin hart season two it's been letter kenny (laughs) it really has there's still a lot of kevin hart references in season two i can't even deny it yeah, I mean, I'm a fan. <laughs> all right, I love. Kevin I love Hart. when somebody makes me laugh. He's so funny. If you make me laugh, I appreciate you. <laughs> it's what I appreciate about jizz. It's what I appreciate about jizz. <laughs> so, it's episode thirty-eight, Amy. It sure the fuck is, and the year is almost over. I know. Anybody else it kind has of been like a tiptoeing ride? We're like tiptoeing through the last month. Just trying to get through level 12. (laughs) I know that we don't really talk about it much, but you guys understand that we are moms and we each have two kids. And with two kids comes interruptions consistently when we're recording. Do they ever need us when we're not recording? Nope. (laughs) Couldn't name one time. (laughs) Uh, so we're constantly getting invaders. <laughs> we are. They're lucky they're cute, damn it. <laughs> they really are. But we know that a lot of you are moms that listen to us anyway, so we know you get it. Because <laughs> our shows are usually like an hour. Sometimes they can get up to an hour and a half. But uh, what you guys don't know is that it actually takes us sometimes two and a half hours to get a whole episode in. <laughs> Sometimes three. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) Motherhood. Motherfucking motherhood. (laughs) Definitely the toughest hood in the fucking planet, I swear. Yes. (laughs) Nobody tells you. Just like, hey, have fun. Pushes off into deep end. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I know. But uh, building off of motherhood, um, just going to go straight into whole, all the what I've been dealing with for a couple of days. So, Aubrey update. <laughs> Uh-oh. She has been on one recently. I mean, she's always just, you know, constantly doing funny, crazy, off-the-wall things. She's my kid, after all. <laughs> You remember when you were telling me that it was three and a half to four and a half? Well, I mean... Yours is going a little just, further than that. 
she's just always going to be like this. I'm 32, okay? I still do, like, crazy things. <laughs> she's definitely got a lot of my personality, whereas my my oldest, my eight-year-old, she has my husband's personality. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, like, sitting here with my five-year-old, and I'm just like, this is what I put my parents through. Right. <laughs> Only it's different as well because it's, you know technology things and it, it's just different it's always different but the same <laughs> same same but different <laughs> <laughs> yes so um she was doing her schoolwork today you know on class and um i was using the bathroom and she needed help with something oh no she brought the laptop into the bathroom. Oh my gosh, she's trying to have you flash her class now, huh? Oh my god. What am I going to do with this kid? <laughs> she started, I mean, she didn't like show, you know, she didn't like show me the computer or anything, but she was holding it, opened the door while I'm sitting on the toilet going pee and she she goes, Mommy, I need your help with something. I said, you better get that laptop out of this bathroom. <laughs> I just can't with this kid. <laughs> she is definitely your feral one. <laughs> is it just like the youngest? Is that what they're supposed to be? I guess. And then when they become the middle child, they mellow out. But if they don't, if they're just the youngest, they stay feral? Maybe. You might have a point. Well, then my eight-year-old, she is, she's got ADD. She's very particular. Everything has to be like at a very certain schedule. You can't throw the schedule out of whack or, you know, she's going to freak out. No, not the schedule. (laughs) (laughs) She's very OCD. (laughs) Not trying to, I mean, she's not diagnosed with anything really yet we we had that scheduled before we were going to move out here but then covid happened so then we had to push this we we tried to push the test back but then we we were moving so and and it was just wasn't in the cards so i still have to get her set up again out here <laughs> To get her tested because she, she, I mean, I'm her mom. <laughs> I know that she, it's not, this isn't all normal behavior. <laughs> yeah. It's good to take those notes and you know what I mean? Right. I, I remember when I was working at my aunt's daycare, there was a little boy who we swore had autism and his mom was so upset when we talked to her about what we recommended. Yeah. She she was so offended by the the statement that she took him out of the daycare. Oh. So like, I don't know, it being open-minded as a mom definitely helps because if you as a parent with a sound mind, you know what I mean? Right. If you can't handle your kid with potential mental illnesses, you should not be a parent. Yeah. Someone with mental illnesses 
who has to deal with, one, the mental illness and, like, a disapproving parent, it's so much more difficult. Yeah. They need support and love, you know? It, identifying the problem is a good thing. I do want to get her tested. I don't necessarily want to give her meds unless it's absolutely necessary. You know what I mean? I want meds to be yeah. like a down the road after we've tried like therapy and stuff sort of a thing. Yep. Yep. So anyway, yeah. Parenthood. So my oldest is so funny. Like she's very particular. Obviously, as we've spent the last at least five minutes saying that. Um, but we're trying to teach her to just, like, you know, deep breaths, chill out. Not a, it, It's not the end of the world. So, so just, like, kind of as a joke once, not, a, not too terribly long ago, we taught her about the five-second rule. <laughs> And so she's like making it like a thing. You know how she is. She she everything's a thing with this kid. <laughs> so she was eating a banana the other day and um she she dropped it and she she's like freaking out about dropping it and she starts counting. She goes, "Ah, my banana. One. I can't get it. Two. Ah, I got three. <laughs> she's just like freaking herself out and counting to five and she made it to five and then she still didn't get the banana picked up until after five. So then she just starts crying and I'm like, yo, what are you, what? And she said, she goes, I dropped my banana and the five seconds are already over. <laughs> <laughs> she was just a total mess about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Poor girl. She's like, my banana is ruined. <laughs> Paradise lost. <laughs> And I'm just like, yo, I have a whole nother thing of bananas. It's not that serious. <laughs> um, oh, motherhood. <laughs> it's the best. I don't have much to update on work-wise because I haven't worked because I was sick. <laughs> Shrugs. <laughs> um, but I did want to talk about... Um, the last time that we went to Applebee's, well, the first and only time, oh. <laughs> the, the the first and only time that we went to Applebee's, the well, the Applebee's here in town, anyway, like, I'd been to plenty of Applebee's in other towns back home and stuff, you know, but it was our first time going to the Applebee's here. Yeah. And at the time, we all still had out-of-state licenses. And um, my brother-in-law and I both ordered an alcoholic beverage because we weren't driving. Or, well, he, we both tried. He wasn't able to. <laughs> you want to know why? <laughs> why, Amy? Because the state of New Mexico will not accept IDs that are up and down. Because in the state of New Mexico... IDs that are up and down mean that you're under the age of 18. Oh. 
Whereas in Indiana, yes, the same, but also just state-issued IDs, not driver's licenses, are also up and down. Hmm, that's weird. So my brother-in-law, who has a state-issued ID and is 22 years old... <laughs> wasn't able to get an alcoholic beverage even though he is of legal age because the state of New Mexico will not let you sell alcoholic beverages to people that have up and down IDs because the state of New Mexico they only have the up and down IDs for 18 years old or younger I mean younger than 18 right and so I was like I looked at the manager and I was like so then what do you do when you have people come from out of state? Because obviously people come from out of state. And, you know, not every state has the same stuff. You know, not every license is the same. Actually, it's always different in every state. So what do you do then? And she says, well, we accept passports. And I was like, well, if we're coming from Indiana and we're just visiting... My passport's not with me. My passport's at home. <laughs> I'm not bringing my passport to travel within country. That is weird. I, I was like, it wasn't that big of a deal, but we were just very genuinely, like, we were just curious to know how, how does that work for out-of-state travelers. <laughs> right? That's weird. And it, I thought it might have just been, like, a silly Applebee's thing, but it's literally every restaurant in the state of New Mexico. It's like a... Huh. regulation or something i don't know <laughs> i'm just like what about a birth certificate and they're like well no it has to be a picture id and i'm like this is silly <laughs> hmm man that's weird right like why do they put laws like it just <laughs> they're like no no you can't travel here unless you have your great great grandfather's right shoe <laughs> What? Like, with me? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You don't gotta. You can't go. What in the fuck? We accept passports. Bitch, I came from Indiana, not fucking Hungary. <laughs> and, you know, like, Damn. I wasn't, my, my brother-in-law wasn't upset. I mean, he was annoyed. He was like, I'm 22 years old. And she was like, and I can clearly see that. But I just can't do it because we could get in trouble. And I'm like, would you really, though? But, I mean, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> I just found that silly. I just wanted to talk about that. So, <laughs> what about you, Lexi? What is... Your update since last time we talked. My week has been pretty much the same as last week. Uh, I've just been over-decorating finger guns. <laughs> like the um, huge. <laughs> yeah, per huge. Uh, so, right now, I'm working on all these crafts. I keep, I'm on all these these creative groups on Facebook and... I follow a lot of stuff on Pinterest, and so right now I'm in the middle of making a thousand ornament wreath. Why? Now, is it really a thousand ornaments? No. No, it is not. It's like, but it very looks specific. like it. <laughs> it looks like it, and that's what it's supposed to be. Now, all it is is a pool noodle and a hot glue gun and a bunch of Dollar Tree ornaments. 
Um, this thing is all the glitter. There's not very much color variation, which I wasn't happy about, but I picked too late in the year to do this, so eh, can't be mad. <laughs> <laughs> I did this to myself. But I can say that I'm like halfway through it, and as long as everything stays together, it's going to be pretty epic. I'm excited. We've got ribbons and ornaments, and it's a great time. I'm just not a big decorator. It's not necessarily that I don't want to. It's just that I just... My my dad is not a decorator. And, uh, like, we were the family that wouldn't put the Christmas tree up until sometimes, like, the 23rd. Uh, maybe the weekend before Christmas or you know what and and then it would stay up until like Valentine's Day <laughs> or later you know March maybe <laughs> <laughs> So like honestly though my tree will probably be up until fucking Valentine's Day <laughs> but um we like that we we like to have it all festive and like I know you aren't really big on doing it, but you wouldn't stop it. No. When I did it, you would just tell me not to do it too soon. I, yes, I will not let anybody put up a Christmas tree in my house until after Thanksgiving. Because Thanksgiving is see, the best holiday. See, we didn't even put the tree up until December 1st, so it was like a whole week after Thanksgiving. We did good, Amy. You would have approved. I am proud. You would have been happy. I know. See, look, I've come so far. I'm not as bad as Buddy the Elf, but uh, not much. <laughs> I can't give myself too much credit. Honestly, I'm just getting good and comfortable with all the gift wrap and stuff because, well, I am the Martha Stewart of the family. I just did a video tutorial for my mom on how to do, like, a fancy schmancy wrapping. <laughs> Instead of regular wrapping, you know, we can do it diamond style. Ooh, diamond So style. I showed her, I showed her how to diamond fold on the, the, the paper. And she's like, you should just come over and wrap them for me. I'm bad at this. I'm like, well, you're going to be if you don't try, lady. <laughs> <laughs> My youngest is going to be four, two days after this episode airs. Yeah. So, that's the other thing I'm mentally preparing for. I, it's not nearly as scary as 10 was. I think that was just, like, the realization, you know what I mean? Right. Well, you've already done four. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I haven't done four a second time. It's still got its own <laughs> new stuff there. And remember what we just talked about. The second ones always seem feral. Ugh, the second kids. The second kids! Ah! Look, my oldest, Ethan, would blow out the candles. My youngest, Nikki, would headbutt the candles. And that's why it's <laughs> scary being a mom, okay? <laughs> my my oldest, Aurora, for her first birthday, wouldn't even touch the birthday cake, the smash cake. She that wouldn't even Nikki. touch the smash cake. Whereas my youngest, Aubrey shoved her entire fucking face into it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. 
that's the difference in my kids. <laughs> <laughs> With Aurora, I remember because like she was just picking at it ever so daintily, like grabbing the icing with just her feet, her first finger and her thumb, just grabbing it ever so, ever so nicely, putting it in her mouth. And I took her hand and I shoved her hand in the icing and she pulls it out and she looks at it and she just goes, <laughs> and then she started rubbing her eye with her hand that had all the icing on it and i was like oh no oh no <laughs> so she got icing in her eye <laughs> no what is you doing <laughs> this is the difference between my kids <laughs> my youngest is the one that would pick up hot sauce and drink it and, like, you know when you're, like, you're tensing up waiting for their reaction? There wouldn't be one. <laughs> My oldest would look at it and complain that it hurt his eyeballs. Yeah, Aurora would um, put, like, a drop on it on her, on her tongue and then just start screaming, crying. <laughs> um... Yeah, unfortunately, my weeks just consisted of a hot glue gun and <laughs> way more ornaments than I know what to fucking do with. Are the ornaments glittery? Like so, some of just them are glitter everywhere because I know how them dollar so store glitter how that. So sticks. get this because yep, because it doesn't stick. I actually have to like scrape off the glitter where the glue's gonna go because otherwise. It'll it won't stick. Well, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. It doesn't stick to the ornament, but it'll sure stick to the carpet or your clothes or anything. You know what I mean? Like you can't get that shit you know, out. You know, we don't we don't even need to talk about my clothes <laughs> right now, Amy. You're like and I I'd might be covered it. in glitter. I'd appreciate it if you held a little more sensitivity on the topic. <laughs> Because my my washer's mad. <laughs> You're like my, my washer. Are... <laughs> my washing machine thinks that I'm washing all the clothes for the strippers at Magic City. <laughs> I mean, man, the glitter I've got would put them to shame. There's so much glitter. Most of these ornaments are glittery, so I'm just like ah, another one. Starts and I hate the, the way that off. they feel. <laughs> <laughs> makes my skin crawl just thinking about it <laughs> yeah so that's what I'm doing I'm making a giant ornament with a pool noodle as the base <laughs> yep <laughs> nice <laughs> I know right so artsy fartsy <laughs> well before we move on to in the news we want to talk about a couple of things yeah, we do. The first thing is a really fun and happy thing. Lexi, do you want to tell them? Yes, I want to tell everybody the good news. I've been excited ever since we found out. <laughs> so, this year, Amy and I made it on the top 25 independent podcasts of 2020. Yay! We did it, y'all. We did it. Hey, Mom, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, gotta channel that inner Yuri, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's very exciting. Yes. Ah. Um, <laughs> what's our other news, Amy? 
Um, the break. We, the break. We have officially decided on a date for coming back. Yeah, we did. So after episode 40, which as long as there are no more, you know, <laughs> interruptions or whatever. Hold on. Hold on. Got it. <laughs> as long as we are able to stay on schedule, our episode 40 will come out on December 23rd. And um, we will go on a break and our date back for episode one of season three is Woo! January 27th. Yeah, it is. The day after my birthday. Yeah, it is. I'll be 33. And we won't be available because there's partying to be done. It is socially uh, distancing, on your birthday. of course. Well, <laughs> I mean... Who knows? Well, That's a whole and, month away. And like we said in last episode, um, if you guys want to get together for like a virtual happy hour or something, we can totally create like a Facebook messenger room and we can all just drink together, socially distanced, of course. But yeah, that's about all that I get. So does that wrap up our announcements, Amy? Yes, it does wrap up announcements. So that means it's time for In the News. In the News. Woo-woos. <laughs> we all know people can be wild. Yes, even in public. Sometimes things get so wild, they make the news. Hey, here's some news articles we found. Oh my goodness. So what's your article, Amy? All right, Lexi, this article is going to probably make you mad. Definitely feel a certain type of way. Oh, boy. (laughs) It comes to us from the New York Post. Texas waitress gets $2,000 tip, but restaurant refuses to give her a cent. Oh, Hear the lack of enthusiasm in my voice there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> a Texas waitress says she was thrilled to receive a $2,000 tip on a bill, only to find out from the restaurant that she won't take home a single cent. That's bullshit. Emily Bauer, 21, had only been a server for about two weeks when she was scheduled for a busy Sunday shift in San Antonio. While working all the tables, she kept apologizing to a man seated in her section for the service being slow. He was like, it's okay, I've owned restaurants and I understand how it is to be a server. And I was like, thank you for understanding. He said, you know what, just cancel the drinks, cancel the rest of everything and just give me my ticket. Bauer said that she didn't notice at first that he had given her a $2,000 tip and wrote a note that said, Merry Christmas, keep working hard. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I started crying. I was like, wow. And I tried seeing if he was still at the restaurant, but he had left already. She imagined how she would be able to spoil her two sons, who are two years old and five months old. She said, the first thing that I thought of was my kids. 
I would be able to finally have a Christmas to give them whatever they want or whatever they need. But her excitement was quickly dashed when the restaurant told her that they can't process a tip larger than $500. What? I was sitting at a table and the other servers were congratulating me and my manager comes over and was like, rule number one, never never accept a tip like that because you're never going to get it, Bauer said. Like, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Bauer said another server suggested that the restaurant give her four separate tips of $500, but they refused. It's unclear why the restaurant couldn't process $500 of the $2,000 tip, but they didn't give her even the $500. Wow. Bauer said her manager told her that the customer called up the restaurant after leaving the tip. He said that he left a generous tip and wanted to see if I received it, but she said that they couldn't process it. He said, I don't understand Why is not being taken out if I have that money in my account? When she asked to call him to express her gratitude, her manager said that they didn't have his contact information. I told them, whether I can get it or not, I still want to thank him. Doing something like that means that you have a really big heart, she said. But she said she feels helpless because she's had a rough year and has been praying for something like this. It's been really hard to look for a job. My boyfriend was working but got laid off because of COVID. For somebody to just block my blessings, it's just like, what can I do about it? The restaurant had nothing to say. So, this is bullshit. 100%. So, did the restaurant uh, keep that $2,000? Like, they can't Oh, they can't process a tip larger than $500. Okay, but so does that mean that they didn't get the $2,000 either? Or I don't. Or <laughs> did they keep that $2,000 and you know what I mean? Yeah, that's... And it literally says that they can't process... They can't process a tip larger than $500. So, why didn't you at least give her the $500? They didn't give her any. Right? Mm. I just hope they didn't take any to themselves, you know what I mean? Right? Like, this is obviously somebody that could use $2,000 during Christmas. I mean, anybody could use $2,000 during Christmas, but you know what I mean? Like, she's not going to just use the whole $2,000 to blow on things for Christmas. She would probably be getting things for her kids that she needs. Like, that's so shitty, man. Probably get their kids a couple of things. I really hope the restaurant didn't, you know what I mean? I really hope the restaurant didn't get that. Yeah. Because that's bullshit. If they kept that money just because they can't tip more than $500... I mean, how is somebody supposed to know that? Plus, if he gave her a $500 tip instead of a $2,000 tip, would they have tried to cheat her out of that, too? Mm-hmm. All right, so what is your news article, Lexi? So we've been talking about a lot of 
cars and stores, so I figured I'd keep to the theme. <laughs> Finger guns. Um, my article comes from Berkeley side. Um, and it's titled Driver Who Rammed into Berkeley Albany Stores Arrested After Pursuit. Police said his actions are not tied to quote any act of targeted violence. End quote. Okay. <laughs> A 50-year-old man was arrested in Davis Thursday night. Okay, this was posted on, like, Halloween, so. <laughs> Just for reference, this wasn't this past Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> A 50-year-old man was arrested in Davis Thursday night after intentionally ramming his pickup truck into businesses in Berkeley and Albany. Intentionally? And Albany yep. And leading Albany police and California Highway Patrol officers on a 60-mile pursuit, police reported. <laughs> Craig Fuck Stanley Clark, right, but stores, plural. <laughs> uh, Craig Stanley Clark of Santa Rosa was booked into Santa Rita Jail on suspicion of assault with a deadly weapon, felony vandalism, felony evading, and drug possession charges. <laughs> Albany police first began getting calls about an incident at the Albany Target at 9.14 p.m. You've said Albany to so a... many times already. I know. It's, it's gonna, I'm going to say it more. At least two more times. Maybe three. Maybe five. We'll see. <laughs> According to an Albany Police Department press release, uh, Clark drove a... 2017 Chevy Silverado 1500 into the Chevron gas station at 1399 San Pablo Avenue. That's in an Berkeley. expensive truck. Why would you drive that into a gas station? Drugs? I mean, they said drug possession, so that's my best guess. <laughs> Maybe he was also on the drugs. <laughs> was it drugs? It was drugs, wasn't it? It was it was drugs. Um, the Target store in Albany at 1057 East Shore Highway and an AM-PM gas station in Albany, according to the police. So he uh, drove... The Albany police and the Berkeley police radio traffic reviewed by Berkeley side. So he drove into how many gas stations? He drove into two different gas stations and a Target. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Look Holy what my Chevy folks. can do. <laughs> no one in the area was injured, uh, Lieutenant David Bellman of the Albany Police told Berkeleyside. Despite Clark driving into the front doors of the Target store three times. Jesus Three Christ. times, Amy. Why? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Police have not found any indication that his actions were tied to, quote, any act of targeted violence, unquote. Um, one shopper at the Albany Target described on social media, rushing to the back of the store to avoid being hit by the driver. <laughs> a man in his very large truck rammed into Target three times while I was at the checkout, and I booked it to the back exit, then hopped the fence onto the train tracks. He posted on Twitter, Twitter in the early hours of Friday. So many people driving into stores recently. What is this? I know, right? It's kind of scary. <laughs> Good grief. What are y'all doing? The last time he was naked. 
this time he's on drugs. I mean, they were probably both on drugs. <laughs> Remember the kid with the ranch? I mean, <laughs> we're just getting really weird with it. Mmm, jazzing in our vehicles, are we? <laughs> According to Albany police, the suspect in his truck narrowly missed two patrons walking into the store before fleeing the scene. He was located driving on the 900 block of San Pablo Avenue and allegedly led police on a chase from eastbound Interstate 80 to Crockett. I don't know where that's at. <laughs> but uh, apparently it was 60 mile right a 60-mile-long chase, so... Jesus. Police said they stopped following him at this point due to safety concerns. That's why it went on for so long. Um, For safety concerns on the Carquinez Bridge, but CHP units from Solano County picked, and picked the pursuit back up on the other side of the bridge. Uh, the officers eventually took Clark into custody in Davis without incident, police said. His bail was set at 60000 and he will be arraigned at 9 a.m. on Monday at the East County Hall of Justice in Dublin. <laughs> this is insane. Wild ride, eh? I guess. <laughs> uh, I seen a high-speed chase once while I was out dashing since moving here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How's that? It was pretty fucking crazy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Um, I was driving down the highway to take an order to, um, somebody that lives, like, right on the outskirts of town, and, um, there's this car that's coming towards me, and I'm like, it seems like he's going kind of fast, <laughs> and then behind him is, like, three cop cars with their lights on, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on, you know, and I'm I'm getting up to the intersection with the light where I'm supposed to be turning left, but I'm not going to turn left when I can see this dude's clearly driving really fucking fast. <laughs> Oof. So I just sat, yeah. I just, I literally just sat there at the light and just waited and um, <clears throat> the car like starts slowing down once it gets to the light and, but it doesn't come to a complete stop. And this fucking lady, like, is, like, I don't know if she jumped out or if she was pushed out of the passenger side. But this lady came out the passenger side and started rolling down the freaking road. And whoever was driving just then sped back up and just took off. And this lady is just rolling in the freaking road. <laughs> And uh, one of the cop cars was actually a border patrol car, and the other two were uh, local police. So the border patrol car stops, and and the two cop cars keep going. And I'm like, all right, so now I can turn. Um, as I'm, and as I'm turning, I, I turn and I look and I see that the car is like clearly still just fucking going and it's driving into town at this point. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. But I was like, well, we'll see what goes on after my delivery, I guess, you know? So, fucking right. <laughs> so I no go kidding, and I no. drop off the food and then as I come back out and I go back to the light, the border patrol cop is 
got the lady in cuffs and putting her in the the back seat of his cop car. I didn't I didn't see any accidents or anything in town once I drove back into town. He might have just drove straight through, who knows. Or right. He That's or she scary, whoever though. the driver was, I don't know. But I was yeah, I was like what the fuck? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I seen a high-speed chase while I was out delivering food. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every time I think of high-speed chases, I always think of Chunk from the Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean that it's tea time? Oh snap. It's tea time, Amy. Clink. Clink. What's your first story? My first story is called... So, you're calling me a liar? <laughs> no, I'm not calling you a truth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, every time I hear that, I immediately go to Drake and Josh. <laughs> I love it. Alright. <clears throat> Late one Saturday afternoon, a woman came into our store. A cable company to return her cable receivers because she wanted to cancel her services due to price. So, I proceeded to cancel her services at her request. While I'm disconnecting her account, she's rambling about her bill always increasing. Then, her husband walks in and joins her while she's ranting. He stated that his neighbor has the same services and pays a lower price. I stated, there's a possibility that your neighbor might have different equipment, lower internet speed, TV package, so it's difficult to compare your account to his without seeing the full picture. Mm -hmm. I'm being very pleasant with them. The husband proceeded to say, are you calling me a liar? And I reply, no, I'm definitely not saying that, just informing you that there could be differences in your packages. So, they walked out. <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes later, I receive a phone call, and there is a loud roar on the phone. What did you do to my account? I replied, um, who is this? <laughs> and she says, don't play stupid. You know who this is. I received a text saying that my account info has changed. <laughs> I say, oh, okay, the couple from earlier, right? Yeah, I disconnected your account like you asked. And she says, I did not tell. Where's your manager? And I said, she's at lunch, but she'll return in about 30 minutes. Do you want her to call you? And she says, no, we're coming back. Right now. <laughs> Long story short, she spoke to the assistant manager, reconnected her services, and proceeded to tell her that I called them a liar. <laughs> <laughs> My coworkers and even customers, and the customer was overly exaggerating. I'm pissed because my manager gave them what they want because she's trying to get promoted so that they can be on their way. Even though I did nothing wrong, I still get angry thinking about how they won. Yeah. 
I know exactly what you mean. God, there were so many times that I was just like, can we just, like, be done with this customer forever? Like, can <laughs> right? we just make them never allowed again? You're like, but it was one time, though. And they didn't threaten to kill you, so... <laughs> I didn't tell you to disconnect my account. Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you told me to do. <laughs> Squint's eyes. Mm. Yeah, you did. <laughs> so what is your first story? So this is a hotel story, and it is titled, Allow me to call and make the arrangements for you, madam. Okay. <laughs> Many years ago, the late 80s, I worked at the front desk, reception, and cashier, which were in two different locations, for a hotel that was having a soft opening in Manhattan. Soft opening. I know, right? <laughs> every time, every time, soft. I'm like, oh, it's soft. <laughs> <laughs> soft. <laughs> the building was, at the time, 90-ish years old and had had many incarnations, all hotels, when the then-owner bought it. It had sat empty for nearly 10 years. There were, to say the least, many issues. The owner was not a New Yorker, and that brought its own kind of special problems, as anyone who's ever worked in New York City will know. A couple of months before this happened, the owner discovered he was running over budget for the renovation and decided to open a little sooner than he should have. He seriously needed cash flow, or that was the story, so we had a soft opening and some very nice rates for that part of town and considering what the hotel would essentially become. Because of these very nice rates, we had a lot of celebrities come in and check us out. Most of these folks were wanting to spend less money and to find some place to stay other than a handful of local hotels owned by a person who was, at the time, becoming infamous for how they treated their staff and whether or not they paid their taxes. This person is deceased, <laughs> for the record, not any other assumptions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had the great good fortune to meet some of my favorite actors, Nancy Walker, B. Arthur, and Roddy McDowell, uh, Dudley Moore, and others who are still alive and I won't name. Along with these celebrity folk, there were others who were just rich or well-off uh, and wanted to save the buck. Fair enough. They helped keep us employed, and we were mostly very grateful. Among the just rich or well-off were a handful of Karens. Not a lot, thank goodness, but definitely a handful. One fateful day, in the middle of the summer, one of the Karens flew in from Beverly Hills and began her short-lived reign of terror. As mentioned above, the reception area was in a different spot than the cashier counter, but in the same lobby. When we worked reception, we stood in front of two desks, waiting for guests to arrive. Once they did, they were invited to have a seat in one of a pair of leather wingback chairs on one side of the desk, while we sat on the other side and went over their registration details and asked for payment. Once they handed over their credit card, we ran behind a wall, swiped the card for a credit hold, and took an imprint. We then said a little prayer and used the key machine, which would hopefully magnetize a set of key cards for the room. 
provided the god Mercury was not feeling vengeful or wrathful. (laughs) (laughs) When guests first arrived at the hotel, the doorman would greet them and arrange for their luggage with the bellman. He would usher them inside and direct them to the big staircase that led to the lobby. This layout was pretty much unchanged from when the hotel was built at the turn of the previous century. Once the guests had walked up the stairs, they made a left and found themselves in the small and cozy lobby. It was a dramatic entrance. As I stood there that fateful day, I saw a woman sail around the corner with her husband in tow. She headed straight for me and breathlessly exclaimed, I can't believe I had to climb a flight of stairs to get here. I just smiled and then stepped back to graciously point to a chair, as I'd been trained to do. Welcome to the We Have Opened Too Soon Hotel, madam. Would you like to have a seat for registration? My name is Madam Karen. I'd just like my keys, please. (laughs) Still forcibly smiling, I say, Well, we do need to get you registered and confirm your form of payment. I gave my credit card over the phone. Why can't you just use that? The bank requires that we take an imprint of your card. She put her hand to her chest and then looked at her husband, who, if I remember correctly, was cleaning something in his ear with a finger at the moment and didn't seem to have been paying much attention. I guessed, she said. They've never treated us like this at Tax Evasion Hotel, ever. <laughs> I'm sorry, madam. It won't take a moment. I moved closer to the desk. Won't you have a seat? Well, if I must, she flounced (laughs) down dramatically. The husband floated away to somewhere nearby. I walked around and took my seat. I found her pre-printed registration card and offered it to her by sliding it across the desk. Would you take a look and confirm your name and address? I gave you all of that over the phone. Why is this taking so long? I took the registration card back and said, We have 123 Avenue of the Cairns, Beverly Hills, 90210, as your address. Is that correct? Of course it is! And you'll be with us through Thursday in a corner suite at 199 per night. Is that correct? That really was a steal. Most rooms at the time, and of that caliber, would have been about 500 per night and up. That's crazy. Ugh. That's so much Jeez. money. So much. The place I had worked at before charged seven ninety nine for a similar room, and they were sur- they were sold out months in advance. One ninety nine. She looked around the lobby. You must be joking. It was obvious that she didn't think we weren't charging enough. <laughs> As I'm sure we explained to you at the time of the booking, we are offering special preview rates to the select guests prior to our grand opening. Normally, our corner suite rents for five ninety nine per night. This was the well rehearsed line, and five ninety nine was actually the higher end. I simply can't believe it. At Tax Evasion Hotel, they're never that expensive. That was a lie. We'd been trained on the rates of competitor hotels. Their similar room was about six hundred and fifty dollars, if I remember right. I just smiled and waited. My face was beginning to hurt a little from all my fake smiling. After a few more uncomfortable moments, I asked, What form of payment would you like to use for your stay? 
After some literal harumphing, she pulled an Amex card out of her wallet and handed it over. Thank you, I stood. Excuse me, I'll be right back. I ran around the back and saw the front office manager standing there with a big knowing grin on his face. We could never talk back there when there were guests out front, since they could hear even soft whispers. So I rolled my eyes as I did the authorization and imprint. I then ran the keys, put them in the fancy linen envelope we used, and headed back out. Took you long enough, she said. You're in room 799. If you'll follow me, I'll escort you upstairs. That took her by surprise, but she stood and then collected her husband, and off we went to the elevator lobby. As we waited for one to arrive, she said, I hope this room is big enough and that it has a marble bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) What do you need a marble bathroom? Like, what are your plans? I don't really want to know, but... Shut up. <laughs> I don't need a roach motel, but I don't need, like, if I'm staying at a hotel for an overnight thing, I'm not, I don't need marble. <laughs> Apparently this Madam Karen does. <laughs> Our corner suites are some of the biggest in the city, and all the bathrooms are made with Italian marble. True and true. Madame Karen harumphed as the elevator door opened. We got in and I pushed the button. You know, said Madame Karen, I'm a close personal friend to tax evader and spouse. We always have supper at the polo lounge inside the Beverly Hills Hotel when they come to town. Fortunately, I was standing in front with my eyes on the floor numbers so she didn't see me roll my eyes. That must be lovely, was my insincere reply. The husband coughed but didn't say anything. Once we were on the floor and at the door, I closed my eyes and said my little prayer. I slipped in the key and waited. Mercury was not happy, so the red lights came on. I'm sorry, madam. There's a problem with the key. Insert whatever excuse we were using that week. But I can open the door with my pass key and then go retrieve a new key and be back before you know it. While I said that, I opened the door and led them inside. Madam Karen walked in, took one look at the corner view, which was really one of the best views in the city at the time, and declared, This just won't do. I waited. <laughs> <laughs> she walked around the large room. I can't believe you want all that money for this tiny room. It was about twice the size of my apartment in the West Village. All just, that money for this <laughs> tiny, insignificant room. <laughs> I decided to do my little, here's where everything is, spiel, while ignoring her. While I gestured toward the bathroom, she sailed in and said, This is so small, and that doesn't look like marble to me. It could be laminate, for all I know. The bathroom was much, much larger than my bedroom. And it was marble. We'd been shown rooms under renovation. I'd handled a big marble tile in a stack waiting to be put down. They were astonishingly heavy. Again, I ignored everything. Instead, I said, If you'll give me five minutes, I'll be right back with a new key. The bellman should be here shortly with your luggage. Well, I just don't know if we can stay in a place like this. Look at that wallpaper. Is that peeling? It wasn't. I'll be right back. Thank you for staying with us. I scooted out and closed the door. (laughs) (laughs) 
Back downstairs, I was behind the wall and quietly telling the manager about Madame Karen and her many complaints while I ran five keys, praying to Mercury that at least one would work, when suddenly we heard a familiar voice. I demand to see a manager, and I demand to see him now. The manager started grinning as he buttoned his jacket and straightened his tie. <laughs> then, Oh, is he, that my cue? Here I come. <laughs> then he ran his hand over his face to get rid of his grin. And with a sad and concerned face plastered in place, <laughs> he walked around the back wall, motioning for me to follow. He was right to do that because up until that moment, my plan had been to stay in the back. My name is Mr. Heroic, the front office manager. How may I help you, madam? I simply can't believe you have the unmitigated gall to sell <laughs> such shabby rooms at inflated prices and to pass off linoleum as Italian marble and to compare yourselves to Tax Evasion Hotel. This is really <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the manager picked up the phone and began to punch buttons. I beg your pardon, what are you doing? I simply cannot imagine you'll be comfortable here, madam. Allow me to call Tax Evasion Hotel and arrange accommodations there. Oh? <laughs> she was intrigued. You're walking me over to Tax Evasion Hotel? In case you don't know what that means, walking someone over is what you do when a hotel is oversold and they put you up for no charge, at another hotel. The first night is always free. In that price range, it was a common practice then. I don't know if that's still the case. The manager shook his head as his finger hovered over the last digit. No, madam, we are not full tonight. You may have your reserved corner suite at the special preview rate of one ninety nine per night, or I can ask Tax Evasion Hotel to accommodate you in their corner suite. I believe the current rate for that room is six forty nine per night. Shall I make those arrangements for you? You cancel your reservation. <laughs> she completely crumbled. <laughs> <laughs> the poor thing. Her shoulders slumped and her face fell. No, I'm sure we'll be fine here. <laughs> I'm sure you will be. Right. The manager put the phone back and then reached out his hand for the five keys I was holding. I'll be happy to escort you to your room, madam. She just <laughs> nodded as he led her to the elevator lobby. All smiles. I took my station and waited. Ten minutes later, the manager returned, grinning bigger than ever. Did the key work, I asked? He nodded, and then in a whisper said, That was just a cheap old broad trying to get a discount. Don't ever fall for it, kid. All you have to do is pick up the phone. Works every time. He then took a deep breath, surveyed the lobby, and again whispered, And I think I'm going to have a teensy-weensy martini at the bar. Be back in a <laughs> jiffy. I just laughed as he waltzed across the lobby and was gone. <laughs> I'm going to go have a martini. <laughs> Smiles and waltzes away. <laughs> Finger guns. <laughs> oh my goodness. I know that was a long one, but what is your second story, Amy? Monkey see, monkey do. <laughs> so I got to work a couple of days ago and I saw that my prime parking spot right next to the employee entrance was open. I put on my turn signal and I turn into the lane right next to the spot 
The lady in the car next to the spot was loading her trunk with groceries, so I was being careful. Just as I was about to start into the spot, two people walked down the lane between her car and mine, and I stayed stopped to let them pass safely. The lady was done loading her trunk about the same time. She closes the trunk and looks right at me, making eye contact. She wheels her cart into my space, keeping eye contact with me the whole time. (laughs) She puts the cart up against the parking pillar, parked long ways, so there's no way for me to fit my car into the space with the cart there. She keeps eye contact with me until she gets into her car. So I thought, game on. (laughs) I (laughs) I stopped my car and got out. I walked to the cart and turned to make eye contact with her. I then pushed the cart directly behind her car, keeping eye contact with her the whole time. I then walked past her door, making her shut it as she was trying to get out to move the cart. (laughs) I sat in my car and pulled forward and parked. I gathered my work gear and got out. I expected the cart to be behind my car, but I looked up and saw her walking back from the cart corral. (laughs) She was no longer making eye contact. (laughs) I thought about making a sarcastic (laughs) comment, but decided that since she did end up putting the cart away, I'll let it go. She was a jerk, and I was a jerk right back. It was a tie. Almost. I did get a little petty revenge out of it, though. (laughs) Wow. That's so funny. She's, like, looking right at you. Right. Put this cart right in your fucking way. Uh, excuse you, ma'am. My window would have been down. You already know me. (laughs) I know. I would have, too. I would have been like, really? (laughs) I would have just rolled my window down. I'm like, like, excuse me. You don't see me here? (laughs) Like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. My next one's not long, but. So my second story is titled, Snapped Back at the Devil's Advocate. Oh. (laughs) I rarely call people out for talking nonsense. I'm a bartender, not a debate moderator, and as an avid people watcher, I can usually find humor in even the dumbest of comments. Right? See, that's what, that's, yeah, same. (laughs) Enter the Devil's Advocate. You know the type, always instigating for their own entertainment, enjoys ruffling feathers. Oh, yes. He overhears some other patrons talking about COVID deaths and chimes in from across the bar. These COVID deaths are a hoax. He probably got shot, but because he tested positive, the hospital recorded it as a COVID death so they can get more money. (sighs) Literally no one in the bar acknowledges him. So he repeats it again, this time louder. So I look over at him and I say, Are you serious right now? This isn't some hypothetical bullshit. We're mourning the loss of a friend and fellow bartender. He wasn't shot. He died of COVID. It's so unbelievably rude to mock this man's death. That shut him down. 
and he left soon after. Good. Like, if that's how you truly feel in your heart, you think that this whole thing is not real, fine, cool, whatever, but don't, don't bring it up. I'm, I'm okay with people having different opinions than me, as long as you're not trying to talk down to me, or shove your opinions down my throat, making me feel like I'm stupid for having an opinion that's different than yours. Right. I just, I don't know. One day we'll remember that having different opinions is not a bad thing. It's like, imagine if we only had salt and pepper. You know what I mean? Variety (laughs) is the spice of life. We can't all agree about everything. We just don't need to be neck and neck about our disagreements, you know? (laughs) Right? It's insanity. Anyways, that wraps up tea time. So that means it's time for them dims. Them dims. Brought to you by Amy Bethard. <laughs> also Lexi, but I didn't I didn't have nearly as nice of an intro. <laughs> Get it, girl. Them bars. <laughs> we have a tie for first. <laughs> A two-way tie. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even say it without laughing, Amy. (laughs) She's like, I fucking hate you for saying it like this. (laughs) It's just a tie! (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) It's a two-way tie. (laughs) Two ways, not a tie. (laughs) Okay, I'm done now, I swear. So, uh... Amy, do you want to say the fancy new name or do you want me to? I can say the fancy new name. All right. So, our two-way tie for first place, we've got (laughs) Dallas, Texas. And who else, Amy? Guadalajara. Hey. Hey. Look at that. All the way over there in Jalisco. All the way down there. For me, over I mean, and down for you. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely also south, but you know, it's far more. I'm over, a lot closer like. to them than you are. <laughs> you ain't lying. <laughs> <laughs> Who we got in second place, Amy? We got Fayetteville, Arkansas. Oh, you didn't say Arkansas. Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> I remember we went to the border, you know, the Texas-Arkansas border one time for, uh... Tex-Arcana? Yep. Yep. There was a gas station, and that's what it said real big in bold letters. Tex-Arcana stop. <laughs> and I was like, is that a thing? <laughs> I have actually never been to Arkansas. So, Lexi, who is in third? We got Austin, Texas in third place. Hey. Hey, Y'all are keeping up. And then we have a tie. A two-way tie. (laughs) A tie. (laughs) In fourth place, finger guns. (laughs) As I keep triggering Amy. (laughs) Tie. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, in fourth, we got Fort Worth, Texas. And we got San Jose, California. Woo! 
Keep it up, y'all. I'm so excited. So much Texas. We got Mexico in the house. We got Arkansas, who's never been in the top before. Hey, Arkansas. What you up to? <laughs> what you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Anywho, so, Lexi, you got a sign-off quote? This one's for our Miss Independence of the world. All right? Miss Independent. Miss I'm Sufficient. McMahon, keep the <laughs> distance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. The question isn't who is going to let me. It's who is going to stop me. Uh, nobody, bitch. Nobody's going to stop me. Nobody. Mm. Never stop, never stopping. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stop yourself, you know? Don't let your dreams be dreams. <laughs> Don't let nothing or nobody hold you down. And always remember, never gonna give you up. Never, never gonna, gonna let, let you, you down. <laughs> Never gonna, gonna turn, turn around. around. <laughs> it hurt you. <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> On that roll, we're out of here. We love you. Love you. Bye. bye. Make sure you go and like our Facebook page, Confessions of Retail, all the tea. Also, find our group, fans of Confessions of Retail, all the tea. Don't forget to find us on Twitter. We are at Corat Pod. Yeah, we are. Corat for life, yo. Corat for life, yo. And then you can also check out our Instagram page. Confessions of Retail Podcast. Woo! So, this is our stop. Until next week when the shit show rolls on. Amy and Lexi. Signing off. That was a Titan Cast episode.